Caleb and Robin have a special, and uh, they're going to share with us.
Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 10, speaking on the subject of getting it right. Mark, chapter 10, before we read, just I want to talk for a second about uh, this subject matter. I know we have uh, food and refreshments, uh, fellowship, and all the tables, they look good, just kind of a and all you know, you set up these tables, and it just kind of honors our uh, uh, our seniors. But of all the things, and what I'm going to do, I've got a pop quiz in a second, Jeff. And I'm going to hit this red mic in just a second, but in, in a few minutes. But uh, I've got a pop quiz for two two of these seniors. Okay, I don't know which one I'm going to pick yet for the pop quiz. You want to go, Brooke? Okay. And uh, okay, I'll get you and Hannah. And uh, get both of you together. Teamwork. All right. Getting it right. You got to get it right. I mean, it's all about getting it right. Uh, you want to you want to get it right when it comes to what you want to do with the rest of your life. Uh, obviously, your te- teachers, when you take a test, they want you to get it right. Uh, you know, and everyone in this room ha- can testify about getting it right. I see, and I look at these young people, and I look at all the rest of the young people, and I know that. Uh, you can whether you want to get it right with uh, concerning who you live the rest of your life with. You want to get it right concerning what you do with the rest of your life, or you go to school for the rest of your life. And and listen to this. This is a great thing about this book right here. This book from Genesis to Revelation is about a God who believes in a second chance. Amen. I mean, did Adam and Eve get it right? This is the answer. <laughs> they didn't. They had only one rule. They only had one law. Guess what? They messed it up. And guess what? It affected all of us from then on. Every one of us still struggle at getting it right. We struggle about getting it right every day. I am whew, I am a, a very much a pastor of mistakes. But I'm, I know... I can preach to y'all because y'all are a church (laughs) that makes mistakes every day. We all do. That's why we're all in the same boat. There's no, uh, I'm not any more better than you. You're not any more better than, nobody in this room is better than anybody else. If you look at this Bible, if you look at this, if you know that we all sin, and what we're going to find out this morning is somebody that, that uh, messed up and he made a mistake. He he didn't get it right. But what can we do to change that? Let's all stand for the reading of God's holy word. Just one verse. We'll start off and we're just going to stay here. 
in Mark 10. Just right through this story. In uh, Mark 10, 17, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? This is a good thing to get right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the seniors we've honored, the graduates that we've recognized. Father, please guide them, bless them, lift them up, encourage them, whether they're up, down, no matter what they face, help them to lean on you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated and uh, in getting it right. Let's get it, let's get it right. What, and I'm just ask some of these philosophical questions right off the bat, right off the bat. What is life all about? What's the purpose of life? That's probably kind of redundant, but what is happiness and what is joy? Uh, I've kind of got some of these things in, in really and truly, you can, no matter whether you, uh, uh, live in, you know, in what, one of the things that, uh, Caleb was referring to concerning robbing, talking about a culture change. His city that he grew up in is a city of 14 million, which is a medium-sized town in China. I mean, that's that's amazing to think that's a medium-sized town. There's bigger cities, a lot of them, a lot bigger. But anyway, and so, and then he comes here to Hamburg, Arkansas, and he walks out in the middle of the Promised Land driveway and says, "Wow." Or woe, and uh, so it's a it's and it doesn't matter whether you live in Hamburg or in China, whether you live in Dallas, Texas, or whether you live in Little Rock. Getting it right, there. What is life all about? Well, life is all about this. I can sum it up, and it's to honor God. That's what life is all about. Honor God to honor to bring Him honor. A lot of people think life is about them. Okay. Or life is centered around, they're the center of the universe. But then we'll go on to the purpose of life. The purpose of life is simple. It could be more specified saying this, my, to do what God wants me to do. That's the purpose of life. Just, that's real simple. It's about as simple as I can get. What does God want you to do? I know this, God wants everybody in this room to be saved and live forever with Him. Amen. God wants you to live forever with him. And then God wants you to live for him while you're here. Matter of fact, uh, many of you can remember when you were 17, 18, 19, whatever. In other words, whenever you were uh, either graduated, about to graduate or just graduated. And you were looking and, and it seemed like I remember thinking, man, it's going to take forever. College is going to take forever. It seems like it does. It's like, whoa, where'd it go? College doesn't take forever. Life seems to. Then after college is, where did college go? Where did your where did your ninth through twelfth grade year go? I mean, it's done. It's over with. Now moving on to the next stage. Taylor was telling us the other day. She said she is really looking forward to the next chapter in your in her life. And that's really kind of way life is, isn't it? A next chapter, the next chapter. When you get married, there's another chapter, and so on and so forth. What is happiness and what is joy? Real quick, let's hit this. Happiness is based on what you get, what you, your circumstances, what's happening to you. That's happiness. What's happening to you? Joy is what's happening in you. 
Happiness is based on what's outside of you, what you're getting, what you're receiving. Joy is what's happening in you. And you get true joy from Jesus. You get true joy from the Lord. That's the difference. So if you say, I want to be happy, then you need stuff. But if you want joy, you say, what I've got, what I've got to do to have it here inside because joy comes from in here. Joy is not based... Matter of fact, you can, have, you can have the most awful day in school, college, life. It can fall apart. Somebody you thought was your best friend can turn against you. You can have something happen to you. You can have everybody in the world call you names. You can have people mad at you. You can have everything falling apart in your life. But inside you have joy because Jesus is in there. Okay? And that's where headed to the next and just uh, tackling these things a big question is the question we looked at and this fella this in another place he's called a rich young ruler and uh and so he said hey how do i get to heaven verse 17 says what must i do and this is a fancy way of saying i want to be in heaven how do i that's a big question Bigger than what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And and listen, according to uh, Katie, she said she just figured it out. So you don't even have to have life figured out when you start college. You say, well, I'm going to say, but what if you I turn? What if I make a right turn? What if I make a left turn? The thing is, it, those are great questions. What am I going to do? Which way am I going to go? What am I going to major in? What job am I going to get? Those are great questions. The greatest question is, where are you going to live forever? Where are you, you know, you can say, I'm going to live in Ashley County. <laughs> I'm going to live in Little Rock. I'm going to live wherever. But where are you going to live forever? Where are you going to be, you know, heaven, hell? There's only two places where you can hang up your hat. We're talking about eternity. Have you asked yourself this question? Well, we got a big problem, and this found in the next few verses, 18 through 20. Just look at verse 18. Jesus says, uh, well, thanks for calling me good, but uh, I'm not good. Now, what Jesus meant by that is he was trying to point them, point him to God, okay? And that's he said, there's none good but one that is God. You, now, Jesus could have said, yeah, I'm sinless. But he was trying to get him to see we all need to compare us to God. You cannot, I don't care how good you are, get to God because we're sinners. This fellow didn't realize that. He, and then he lists the fleshly commandments. That's what I call them. Verse 19, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said in verse 20, well, I've, I've kept all of these. I've, I've done all of these. So we've got to figure out the big, the big problem we have is sin. Okay, Brooke and Hannah, y'all stand up. Test time, pop quiz. Go ahead and turn this on, Brother Jim. There we go. All right, now number one. I failed this quiz. I, I failed this quiz that I'm about to give y'all, okay? And uh, uh, Brooke and Hannah both have, and everybody's watching you right now, have y'all ever told a lie? Yes. What? 
Yeah. Okay. All right. You you admit, and I have to. I've told a lie. Matter of fact, everybody in this room has told a lie. Okay. Have you? Next question. Have you ever stolen anything, whether it be a pen, <laughs> a pencil, anything? And remember what you just said to answer the first question. So, uh, have you ever stolen anything, Brooke? Yes, sir. Have you ever stolen anything, Hannah? Yes. You have. Okay, they admit it. Have you ever, now I've done this, ever, and this is getting a little bit more serious, have you ever used God's name or Jesus' name like in a way that you shouldn't have? Okay? All right? Brooke, have you ever done that? Yes, sir. Hannah? Yes, sir. Okay. I have too. The Bible calls that blasphemy, okay? So I've only gone over three of the Ten Commandments. So, Brooke, what do you call somebody that tells a lie? A liar. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hannah, what do you call somebody that has stolen something? Thief. Yeah. So y'all have already admitted y'all are lying, stealing, thieves, <laughs> blasphemers. And if God were to judge you by the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Guilty. Yep. You would be guilty. Guess what? Everybody, you may be seated. Thank you. Everybody, I'm turning that off now. Everybody in this room is guilty. We're all liars. We're all thieves. And I have blasphemed God's name. Everybody in this room has. I have sinned. We all have sinned. You know, it's a test we all fail. None of us are perfect. This fellow would notice what his reaction was. What did he say in verse 20? Whoops, sorry, Jeff. And uh, put it right there. There we go. <clears throat> what did he say in verse 20? Ah, yeah, I've done all that. He wouldn't admit, and that's what it, he wasn't trying to get him to live perfect. He wasn't trying to say you've got to do this, this, and this. He he still doesn't see it's going over his head. I, I've messed up. I've sinned, and so that's that's the big problem that they have. We've all sinned. Now the big decision in verse twenty-one, Jesus says he he's beholding him. He loved him. Hey, folks, according to the Bible, if you're saved. You're supposed to love sinners. You're supposed to love people you don't like. You're supposed to love people in general. You're supposed to look at people not as a problem, but as a soul that needs to be saved. And he's looking at this guy who was probably arrogant. He was arrogant. He was probably egotistical. He was probably opinionated. He was like, man, I got it going on. But I heard you're pretty popular and I kind of want something you're selling. What's this thing called eternal life? And Jesus is trying to get him to the root of the problem, and he won't see it. And he says, here's what you got to do. One thing thou lackest. Now, the one thing is not, notice Jesus goes to a list here. That's not the one thing. He's trying to get him to the one thing. He's trying to get him to see the one thing. The one thing Dilacus is you cannot see that you're a sinner. You cannot see that you've messed up. He's trying to get him there. Here's what you need to get the one thing. To get that one thing. And he says, sell what you have, because that's standing in your way. 
Give it to the poor because you don't like them and you haven't shared anything with them. And then it says, and then you shall have treasure up in heaven. That's going to be awesome. You want to go there to get it? Then you got to take up your cross and follow me. And if you can do that, there's a lot of people who can come to church. And you may be at church this morning. And you may be a good person. But you are missing the one thing. You've never done the one thing. You've never told the Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. And that's what he was saying. You want to come to me? You, but you're missing one thing. you got to get what's holding you back. Get rid of what's holding you back. You get rid of your riches because it's holding you back. Get rid of your pride because it's holding you back. Get rid of your ego your arrogance, your conceitedness, your, your, your looking at yourself. Stop looking at yourself and look at me. And that's what he wouldn't do. He says, no, 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 no. I've got my life figured out. You don't realize not only did he have a bachelor and a master's, he had a Ph.D. He was going somewhere. He had his life figured out. He had it figured out. But it was a life without Christ. Notice in the next verses, this is the big decision, and this is where every one of these graduates and every one of you in this room are at. And he says this big decision. Verse 22, And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? But his disciples were astonished at his words. And Jesus said again unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust, notice that, trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, and if you was to look that up, it literally means a sewing needle. It, Jesus, it, it literally does. Now, some people have taken into some history and saying it means something else. It literally, Jesus literally used the word for a sewing needle. And then that, that's why verse 26 makes sense. The disciples said, well, that that just means that Rich people can't get saved. How can they get saved? And then Jesus said, well, they can because he said in verse 27, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. I want to ask you this morning, what are you doing? This is the big deal. What's keeping you from serving the Lord? What's keeping you from serving the Lord? What is the what is your stumbling block for for serving Jesus? Are you committed? Are you on the fence? Is Jesus if you were to say, you know, I love, I love me and me and Caleb We'll, we'll pause it. Caleb will say, hey, Dad, come look at this. 
And I'll say, and I'll pause the TV and I'll say, Caleb, come look at this. ESPN Top 10 Plays. We love ESPN Top 10 Plays, sports plays. They're awesome, incredible feats. In your life, you have a top 10. What are the top 10 things that you love? Now, of course, we could get out a piece of paper. And, I, and I'm asking you this morning, where is the Lord in your top ten? Where's the Lord? Well, man, I love my family. I do. I mean, my family is the most important thing in the world to me. Then you're already out of order. Wait, family is good. God designed family. When family needs to be important. Family will be important if God is number one. Family will more than likely probably be number two right there. And then you say, well, you know, it could be uh, friends. It could be schoolwork, occupation, job. You know, all these things. And You know, you could have, you know, somewhere on there is God, church, Church, by the way, is not God. Some people say, me and God are okay because I went to church. That's two different things. Did you know church is just means assembling? Well, you can assemble, but to assemble to what? Well, to, to worship Him. And that was cool. Robin, you did a great job. Caleb, man, that was really cool. Singing, worship, singing praises to God, lifting... This is a big deal. Here, What's the big deal? Where is God in your life? Where is Jesus in your life? Do you have it in the right order? No, and hey, man, I'm excited about our baseball team tomorrow. I'm excited about all the possibilities of all of these young people. Listen. God really doesn't, he'll, he'll guide you if you'll let him. And uh, got seven of you here. Let me, let me just speak, young listen in. Let me just speak to these seven real quick. Uh, I remember some times in my life, especially when I was still single, when I moved out of the house, I moved out when I was 18 years old. And I, and I headed to uh, college and seminary. And, uh, but I remember some, uh, some moments where things were really low. And I remember thinking, this has been a horrible day. This has just been a bad day. But y'all know, I need y'all to remember this. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day. No matter what you're facing, tomorrow's another day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to beg of y'all, just say, God, get me through this day. And help me to live for you every day. He'll help you. I mean, never, never make a decision 
whenever you're at your lowest point. Never make a decision when you're angry. Never make a decision when you're upset. Wait. It's hard to wait, especially when you're young. The greatest thing you can do is put the Lord first in your life right now. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, let's pray. Father, I thank you for these times that we have. It's just uh, awesome to share this, these, these moments and how they've flown by. And God, I pray that you would guide us in every decision that we make. The biggest decision of all is where are we going to spend eternity? Where are we going to live forever? Do we know you as our Savior? Are you, are you in our heart? Uh, Father, I pray that my words have been clear. We are all sinners. That's why we need a Savior. Thank you for loving us enough to spill your blood, to pay the price for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen.